Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel. From cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Africa, motherland. Africa, take my hand. Good morning, good morning. Here we are, day three. Let me tell you about what we did on day three here in South Africa. We are in Cape Town. Well, actually, we're actually north of Cape Town now because we are at Shark Bay in Langenban, which is on the west coast. And today, well, first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a nice breakfast. Yes, breakfast at the Shark Bay. So, you know, eggs, bacon, sausage, toast, juice. Just everything to sort of get us full of energy because today is going to be a busy day. Well, when I say busy, I think uh, when I look back, because I'm recording this after the fact, of course, um, we spent a lot of time on this day driving and really not doing a lot of things. But let me just go over. I will explain to you what we did today. So one of the first things we did was we drove about an hour to Cape Columbine Nature Reserve, which is on the West Coast Peninsula. There we were able to see the South Atlantic Ocean, waves crossing on the shore, rocks and shells and seagulls galore. Um, today is the national holiday, so there are really not a lot of things that are open, so we'll see how things go. So after visiting for maybe 40, 40 minutes here at the Nature Reserve, uh, we drove along and we could see the Columbine Lighthouse. But our driver, I guess for some reason that we did not know, didn't want to drive up close to it. So as we drove along the road, it was like slow down the vehicle, open the door, take a few shots of the lighthouse, and then on we go. Driving and driving and driving until we got to Paternoster. And we went to this restaurant. It was called Daigachia Restaurant. Now, that's what it sounds like I'm trying to say, but I'll spell it for you. It's D-I-E. Second word is G-A-A-I-T-J-I-E Restaurant. This was located right on the beach with, as it said, the South Atlantic Ocean as our backdrop. What more could you ask for? Well, it was a little cloudy, overcast, so it wasn't bright, beautiful. But still, you know, on the water, listening to the waves crashing on the shore, it was uh, very calming for us. We all sat out on the deck and ordered our meals. And the food was very good. I, I don't remember what I ate that day. I'm sorry, I can't tell you what I, what I ate. Um, I know that uh, while everybody else was on the deck talking, I came down off the deck and out to the beach to take some pictures of the rocks and the waves and water crashing on the, on, against the rocks. And then I turned around and took a picture of the actual little restaurant that we were eating at, again, taking pictures for memory's sake because... 
my mind's not that good anymore, so I use the photos to help me remember. We were driving around, and we went to visit Valdriff. <coughs> we went to visit Valdriff on the mouth of the Berg River, which flows out into the South Atlantic Ocean. Now, I remember just before we turned onto this road that was uh, running parallel with the river, we were pointing out some salt fields. They're little tiny salt fields, but they were still salt fields. And as we turned onto this little road in Valdreff, again being a public holiday, nothing seemed to be open, hardly anybody around. So we stopped for a few minutes, and, and one thing I noticed there was this orange submarine. It wasn't huge like the ones you see in the Navy. This was probably an exploring type of submarine, but it was docked. And uh, so I got a few shots of it. It was quite interesting. We spent a few minutes there, and as we were leaving, we were we did see some flamingos. And these flamingos, they weren't very pink like you would see in Florida. They're more a whitey pink, more white than pink. And it could be because of what they eat there. But again, the driver slowed down, opened the door, we took some photos, and then off we went. It was amazing to see those flamingos, and there was a lot of them there. But we were now headed to the West Coast Fossil Park. And this was an interesting facility. I'll explain to you how it came about. There's a river that runs by through the area, and animals used to graze there way back, I don't know how many years ago, but centuries. And twice they could tell there was huge floods, and the first flood would come and kill the animals that were there because they drowned, and then as the water would recede, sediments would settle in and bury the remains of those animals that passed away. It became a grazing area again. Uh, more animals came to the area. Again, a major flood came and drowned the animals. Again, their bones and everything lie at the bottom of uh, that flood. And then as it dried up, sediments filled in. And it wasn't until maybe, I think, 15, 20 years ago that researchers stumbled across this. I don't know how they stumbled across it, but they've been working on it and unearthing these remains of all these animal bones. And so there's different animals, whether it be like the elephants or giraffes or the type of bear they had at the time. These were bones that they were able to uncover, some of them with jaw bones with the teeth still in place. They were able to carbon date these so they knew roughly how old these bones were. Now, it's still an active uh, site. Um, our guide, she took us around and pointed out the different animal bones, what animals they were from, explained to us how this all came about. And then uh, we made our way back up to the main building and back into our vehicle. Now, this seemed... You know, I might be talking now, and it seems like it happened really fast. This probably, this whole visit there was probably 
maybe two hours. So she was really in-depth in explaining everything. I got to give her credit because she she knew her stuff and she explained it well to us. But it was time for us now to head back to Langham Ban and we're going to board a, a vessel and we're going to have a champagne and sunset cruise. So there was a, I would call it a, I wouldn't even call it a bay, but maybe inner waterway. And that's the area that we cruised on, which took us a long way. We could see the houses in the area that were right on the water. We could see people fishing. And we drove up. We could actually see our um, place that we're saying, the Shark Bay. The place was massive from the water. Uh, I think it might have had 20-plus rooms in it. To, after going out to the, I guess, almost back out into the South Atlantic Ocean, the vessel turned around and let us back in. We had music playing. We were finishing our champagne. And because it was a national holiday, they did give us these little goodie bags with some sweets in it. And some of them we brought home. Um, Coffee-flavored toffee, not my favorite, but the regular toffee, very good. I appreciate that. And we had a good time. There was, uh, we were basically, most of us stayed indoors, but there was a group of uh, young girls, probably teenagers, with uh, one girl's father, as the girl was celebrating her birthday and her friends, this was part of their thing to do for a birthday. They all were wearing their life jackets and pretty safe. They were having a good time. Look at the adults. We weren't wearing any life jackets. And I, even though I'm a good swimmer, I don't know the the water itself. So if anything happened, I hope I would be able to swim to shore. But that I didn't, didn't know, wouldn't know, and don't want to find out. So. Uh, we did enjoy our cruise. I really don't think it was necessary. You know, it was just, I guess, a filler. Again, because this is a national holiday and nothing seemed to be open. So after our cruise, we were taken back to our a place we're staying in Shark Bay. And we were able to freshen up before we came down for dinner. And again, if you listen to my last podcast... I talk about this spaghetti and meat sauce with cheese on top. Oh, it was so good. So good that I had to have it two nights in a row. So, yes, it was very delicious. And just, you know, it's a beautiful place. Unfortunately, we didn't really get a lot of time to check it out because we're eating and sleeping there. You know, dinner, you know, have dinner, then you're going up because of this load shedding. And once the power went off, there was nothing else really to do. Uh, we did some social media updates just before we went back to our rooms uh, because the internet was on and, and it was very strong work on the main floor. So we did our social media posts, then made our way upstairs. The power went out. And we went to bed around 10-ish, I guess, because we had to get up early in the morning. And for me, if you've listened to my previous podcast, I talk about the load shedding and how it affected my sleep because I was using a CPAP machine. And when the power's off at 3 a.m. in the morning, I cannot breathe properly. I cannot sleep. So I had to get up. And we're going to get up anyways. You know, this kid's maybe 6, 6.30. 
uh, because we just had to go downstairs and have breakfast before we head out for the next day. So, uh, we did go to our room, and because we're moving to another resort, if you call it a resort, or we're moving to the Stillness Manor uh, Spa, and that was back down in Cape Town. We're going to be spending the next few days there. So we did pack up things that we didn't need right away, and then we called it a night. So that was day three of Cape Town, or not Cape Town, but the West Coast, if you want to call it that. I'm still in the Cape Town area. Stay tuned as we come back to you for day four of our great adventure of Cape Town um, and the safaris just north of Johannesburg and our overall trip to South Africa. Thank you for listening to Passports and Postcards and have yourself a good day.